And that, what is worship? That's a really good point, actually. What is worship? In order to answer why do we worship, we need to know what worship is in the first place. And then you might think, okay, well, if once you've understood what worship is, you might wonder who you worship. And so in order to answer why we worship, we need to know what or who it is that we worship as well. And once we understand that, that will actually help us to answer why we worship. And then once you've got all of those things, the what, the who and the why, you might want to know, well, how do I worship then? What practically do I do? And so in order to actually answer the question, why do we worship? We have to answer all of these other questions as well. And the good news is that if you were wondering what the answer to any of those questions were, tonight I am going to answer all four of those questions. Yes. What is worship? Who do we worship? Why do we worship? And how do we worship? We don't have five buttons, but we have two. Yeah, sorry. Um, We're going to have to let go like that. I'm not going to cover where or when, because then you'd have to go (laughs) instead. Um, Apart from saying that, obviously, we worship on a Friday night at Impact, and um, you can go away and think for yourselves about where and when. So, the first question, what is worship? So, I want you to quickly get into twos and threes, and come up with a mime that represents worship. Okay? A mime. Silent, silent acting. So you've got, got two minutes. Get into two and three. They were all really good. Well done. I wrote that down. But I think that you'll all agree that Really what people were showing there most of the time was different ways that we actually act out our worship, weren't they? The kind of like bowing down and sort of raising up and those kind of things. And it's, it's quite hard, isn't it, actually, to kind of represent what worship is right at its heart. Like through mime, it's like, because that's an acting thing. That's always going to be how you do it rather than what it is in a way. But if you think about the common factors between those different mimes that were shown, what they're, and they're showing is what we feel. Now I'm sure Ashley will be especially pleased that I use a dictionary to find out what the word worship means. And it, apparently it comes from an old Anglo-Saxon an old Anglo-Saxon word, which means to give honour and respect. Now I'd actually add another word to that definition, which is love. You see, when we say we're worshipping something, the reason we're doing so is because we love it, and we want to show honour and respect towards it. And I think you will agree that those minds that people were doing were showing, were showing actions that people do when they love something and want to show love and respect towards it. 
So, another thing about what worship is, is that it's all-encompassing. It involves your whole life and everything about you. Not just particular things that you do or say at certain times. Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And if you love something with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, that's basically all of you, isn't it? I can't think of much else that isn't covered by that. So, worship can be singing or saying what you like about something, but it's also how you spend time with someone, how you think about them, how you respond to things that they say, and much, much more as well. There's a, another verse in the Bible, Micah 6, 8, which gives us some really good examples of things that are worship. It says, He's shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord re require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So if you want to worship God, you can do it every day by doing things like forgiving people, helping others, not putting yourself first, and so on. So to recap, what is worship? Worship is loving, respecting and honouring someone or something. And you do it with everything that you do and everything that you are. So now we're going to move on to the second question. Who or what do we worship? Now, who'd like a chocolate bar? Put your hand up if you'd like a chocolate bar. <coughs> right, who would like a chocolate bar if they had to stand on their head for a minute in order to get it? Still, keep your hand up. Right. Keep your hand up if you had to stand on your head whilst singing the American National Anthem backwards. <laughs> Would you still want a chocolate bar if you had to stand on your head, sing the national Amer American national anthem backwards, and um, do something else really silly? <laughs> okay, some of you still want that, but okay, that was just. A silly example, and I don't really have a chocolate bar. No. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I trapped you all in that. I'm sorry. But ask yourself the question, and this, I know that none of you are answering that seriously, but do you think that if you were prepared to do anything for a chocolate bar, does that mean you worship it? I don't know. But, now, who or what do we worship? Getting straight to the point on this, we all worship something, okay? It might be chocolate, it might be ourselves, it might be a person you fancy at school. Because the truth is that we're actually designed to worship, to love, honour and respect with our whole being, and so we just do it naturally. The thing is though, the only thing that is worth worshipping is God because only he created the whole universe and everything in it. Only he loves us with a perfect love. Only he sent his son Jesus to live amongst us, to show us how to live in relationship with God and then die on the cross in our place. 
so that we are able to respond to God's love. Only he sent us his spirit to live within us so that we can understand all of these things and how we need to respond. But if we don't worship God, we will worship something else. And since it means, since worshipping something else means giving more love, honour and respect to something that God has created than to the creator himself, that is a sin. But God will forgive you if you ask him to. And he will help you to worship him rather than anything else. So I've already mentioned God in three different ways, haven't I? I've talked about God, who we often call the Father, talked about Jesus, his Son, and also the Holy Spirit. And so there, there is only one God, but there are three persons that we talk about, which we call the Trinity. And unfortunately, I don't have time to go into more detail on this. Ashley did a very good talk about it last year, which you may recall. And it's online, so you can listen to it again if you're a bit confused. But the thing that we need to remember tonight is that it's really important to understand that as Christians we worship the whole of the Trinity, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, equally as God. Okay. If we sing or pray only to God the Father, then we may forget the importance of what Jesus has done for us and is doing for us right now. If we sing and pray only to Jesus, then we might be forgetting the importance of the Spirit's work within us and through us. If we sing and pray only to the Spirit, then we may be forgetting that God's Father, God the Father's love towards us and his might and his justice. They each have different roles and different ways that they relate to us. But they are united as one God. And so we should love, honour and respect each of them with everything that we do and all that we are. So now that we know what worship is and who we worship, we can move on to why we worship. <coughs> the third what. <laughs> And I just want to um, talk quickly about a couple of common mistakes that we can make about why we worship, so that you guys can avoid them, because I've fallen into these traps before. So the first mistake we can make is believing that we worship God in order to earn something from him, okay? That is not true. And it's really un important to understand that, because it's easy to be confused about what worship is, and think that it's a way of getting into someone's good books and earning their love or some gift from them. But that's completely wrong. If you love someone, you wouldn't want to manipulate them, would you? If you respect someone, you don't look to control them. Instead, you try to show your love and respect because you want them to take pleasure from it. Also, God already loves us more than we can possibly imagine, and delights in giving us all that we need. So there's actually absolutely no reason to try and like, get anything from him, because he's more than happy to give you your heart's desires. 
Now, the second mistake we can make about why we're, we worship is doing it in order to get a warm and fuzzy feeling inside. Uh, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing at all. It's wonderful when that happens, isn't it, when we worship. But, and those experiences can help us to actually worship God more as well. But if we worship just in order to feel that way, then it's like eating food only because you like the taste of chocolate. When you eat something that isn't chocolate, you'd be like, oh, this is disgusting, and so I'm not going to eat it anymore, and you throw it away. But if you do that, you miss out on a whole load of good stuff that other food has, and you'll actually grow ill if all you eat is chocolate. And in the same way, if we only worship to get the warm, fuzzy feeling inside, then when it isn't there, we'll stop worshipping. And we'll miss out on many opportunities to build our relationship with God and to show him our love and respect. And that will inevitably lead us to wondering if we do actually love or respect him at all. <coughs> but if we choose to worship God even when we're not feeling it, that will strengthen and deepen our relationship and love with him. So that's enough of mistakes that we can make. Let's move on to the actual answer. Why do we worship? So um, can anyone tell me what the Ten Commandments are? Do you want to do the first five and you do the last five? Yeah? Simon? Can you remember what the Bible verse is? Either of you? 21 19. I was relying on you to be able to tell me, so I didn't actually look up. Thank you. And has anyone got a Bible handy that they can actually look up the first two verses? Quick, who's going to get there first? Ashley or Quincy? And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God. Oh, the first two commandments, basically. The first two commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that's in heaven above or that's in the earth beneath or that's in the water under the earth. Yep. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. Yep. Great. So, the way that Jesus summarised those first two commandments, and he did it really well when he was being tempted by Satan in the desert. Satan offers him the world in, order, in return for Jesus worshipping Satan. And Jesus says, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. 
So basically, the reason that we should worship God rather than anything else is because he commands us to. But the thing is, he doesn't command us to because he wants to spoil our fun or just because he's like on a power trip or something and enjoys bossing us around. In the Westminster Catechism, it says, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And what this means is that God created us and the main reason he created us was to love, respect and honour him with our whole beings. When we don't do this, we feel the need to worship, but we worship other things. And that ultimately leads to our harm. So God loves us so much that he commands us to worship him in order to save us from being hurt. The answer to why do we worship is that God create, created us to worship him. And that only when we are doing so are we able to truly enjoy all the blessings that he provides us, provides for us. So, now we know what worship is, who we worship as Christians, and why we worship, we will finish off looking at the question, how we worship. So an early statement of faith says that we should give glory to the Father through the Son and in the Holy Spirit. But what does that mean? Well, let's first look at through the Son. See, the truth is that we're all imperfect. I'm rubbish in lots of many different ways. And so we're not able to truly glorify God in the best way possible because sin has made us imperfect. We need Jesus' sacrifice on the cross to pay for our sin and we also need him to represent us before God the Father. See, Jesus is there right now worshipping his Father and asking him for his favour on our behalf. But the great thing is that we get to take part in Jesus' worship through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hence, worshipping the Father in the Holy Spirit through Jesus. We can only worship God because the Spirit causes love for him to rise up in our hearts and shows us how to express that love for him, just as Jesus does. Now, in practice, the way we can worship can be split into two different ways, those that we do on our own and those that we do with others. And I'm just going to talk briefly about both of those. So, how should we pers personally worship God? I think that, Tracy, are you talking about what are we disciples later on in the yeah, series? next You're week. Up? Next week. Mm -hmm. Are you talking about this kind of stuff a bit? Or? Jesus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Jesus, excellent. <laughs> but, um, well, you may also cover things about worshipping God in your own time and stuff, I don't know, but... Um, because Josie might cover that, I'm not going to tell you a whole load here. <laughs> but um, there are many different ways to worship. And what you need to do is actually understand how you best 
express your worship for God. It's really good to ask other people how they like to do it, but you shouldn't just copy them and think that that's the right thing to do. You need to, um, you can give it a go, but you need to see what the Spirit is telling you. See how it feels when you do it. If it doesn't feel quite right, then you need to look for the way that you will best show your worship to God. See, Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. What Paul is saying is that the Spirit will prompt us when we're not worshipping the Father through Jesus and in the Holy Spirit. When we're being too much like the world around us, rather than the children of God. And the Spirit will call us to follow Jesus' example more closely. So, for example, you might wonder whether you're spending enough time talking to God or not. Rather than ignoring this thought as a distraction to what you would like to do for yourself, it is worth spending some time thinking it through and praying about it and asking the Spirit to guide you in what to do so that your worship can be even more pleasing to God. Now, it might be that you, as a result of that, decide to pray more. It might be that you decide, actually, I need to pray less and do something else which will be worship, worshipping God instead. Or it might be that you decide, actually, I'm content, the Spirit is happy with what's going on right now. But whichever of those it is, the truth is that as Christians, we are united with Jesus, and therefore we will become more like him. And this includes in our worship. It's a bit like if you're learning to play the piano, I don't know if any of you have ever done that before, but... Um, I haven't personally, but um, I've definitely like sat there and just gone blah 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 on the keys. <laughs> and so, if you imagine doing that, but you're actually trying to play a piece of music, and then your teacher comes along and sits beside you, and when you're missing out notes or not quite holding them on for long enough, your teacher is filling in the gaps and making it sound like a beautiful piece of music rather than just the random sounds that are coming out to start with. That is how Jesus like, makes our worship amazing. We're, like, we're trying our best to worship. We're doing the pink dog like random noises and they are good, but Jesus comes in and fills in the gaps and makes it sound amazing and really glorify God. And we might start by worshipping tentatively but as we carry on doing it we'll start filling in more of the tune for ourselves and Jesus is able to um, well he doesn't take a back seat but basically we start doing exactly the same as him as time goes by and we get better at glorifying God so now let's look at how we worship with other Christians and in the important thing to say is that 
when we are worshipping with others, it's important to be aware of what's going on around you, rather than just going into your own little bubble and worshipping in your own way. For one thing, you can do that whenever you like when you're on your own. And for another, if you're with other Christians worshipping God, then doing things together actually brings greater glory to God. It's a bit like an orchestra. If everyone's just doing their own random thing, playing their own tune, it will all end up like a deafening noise. But if you work together, then it becomes beautiful music. So here are some examples that you may well have come across when we worship together. And there's actually way more than this. This is just a short list but these are some of the ones you're most likely to come across, either here or at church. So, reading the Bible and hearing it explained. The Bible is God's words, so that's a really good way to show your love, honour and respect for him by paying attention to his word, listening to it, to what he says, and trying to understand how it applies to our lives. <coughs> Prayer is another one. To truly honour someone... You need to talk to them, to show them how much you love them, how much you depend on them and so on. And that's how we do it, through prayer. Singing, God created music, and this is a great way that we can all work together to make something beautiful and offer it as a loving gift to God. Communion, I don't know if we've done that on a Friday evening, not recently, but we do it fairly uh, often at church and this is where Jesus told the disciples to share bread and wine in order to help us remember him, what he's done for us and how we're now united with him and one another in a body with Jesus as the head continuing to do this is not only an act of obedience but it also worshipfully gives honour to Jesus and to God And a uh, final example, prophecies and tongues. Prophecies are one of the ways that God speaks to us through other people. And tongues, speaking in a language which we don't know, which is then translated for us, is one of the ways that we respond to him. Again, we're showing honour to God by listening to what he's saying to us and responding to him in these ways, as well as giving glory to the Holy Spirit who enables us to prophesy and to speak in tongues, and to interpret them. So, just to wrap up, worship is loving, respecting, and honouring someone or something. And you do it with everything that you do, and everything that you are. We all worship something. And if we are Christians, then we should give our worship to God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God created us to worship him and only when we're doing so are we able to truly enjoy all of the blessings that he's provided for us. We worship personally, on our own and in community with others in lots of different ways and my prayer is that as your faith and as your relationship with God grows, you'll delight in worshipping him in more and more different ways. And now, Having heard me go on for quite a long time, we are going to
put some of this into action and have some worship. <laughs>